The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday Evening Talksport on CRKC 88.7 FM. On Sunday, the 3rd of September, you're very welcome to Talk Sport here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Another very, very busy uh, weekend of sport here in the Senior, Intermediate and uh, Junior Championships. We have reports from practically all the games. A couple of the Junior C1s uh, we weren't able to get to for various reasons. But at the start of the programme, I do want to send our condolences from all involved in Community Radio, Kilkenny City, to the family of Tommy Field and the uh, Shamrocks, former Shamrocks player, a stalwart in the middle of the field and various other players for the Shamrocks. Sadly, called to his eternal reward far too early in life. We send our condolences to all his family on his uh, death. We also send uh, good wishes to Richie Hogan on his retirement from Kilkenny. A wonderful, wonderful hurler. One of the great hurlers of Kilkenny. Skill in abundance. Maybe he was small in stature but that in no way impacted the influence he had on games all through the years. Uh, we wish him well. We'll have the uh, various reports as I said from those matches. There was a little bit of camogie on. We'll also have uh, soccer and uh, we might get around to a few other bits and pieces. I'm going to uh, kill that team tune now because we really haven't time to listen to team tunes this evening and I'm going straight on the phone uh, to our first report here from uh, Liam Kelly O'Rourke who was at O'Loughlin Gales and Clary yesterday Liam and uh, you were on commentary there on that one and um, O'Loughlin Gales seemed to be in charge of it and then they conceded a goal near the end how did you see the game going? Yeah, it was a case of O'Loughlin Gales just kept Clara at arm's length for most of the game, Nicky. They won out on a scoreline of 28 points to 119 and really O'Loughlin Gales just had uh, more scoring power. The likes of Paddy Butler at full forward, Shawnee Bulger at corner and Owen Wall at centre forward, all putting in very strong performances. Clara did have spells, most notably uh, of course the Bulger goal, but three points at the start of the second half. A strong period in the first half as well, but just O'Loughlin Gales did have too much. In the opening 15 minutes, O'Loughlin Gales found their scores. Mark Bergen from Freeze reliable throughout the afternoon. Keen Loy and Shawnee Bulger all on target. Clara did chip in with points of their own and um, Connor Bulger as we mentioned or Chris Bulger I should say as we mentioned on target as well as the young Derek Lynn who started yesterday with number 17 out on his back. After 15 minutes of the game it was 10 points to 5 in favour of O'Loughlin Gales. Uh, the City side did have to weather a Clara storm heading into the final 10 minutes um, of the first half. Derek Lynn really making a name for himself on place balls uh, alongside Matt Kenny and Paul Cody, a young man who, who impressed yesterday, getting on a lot of ball and uh, really setting up a lot of chances as well for his Clara teammates. Uh, he got on the score sheet, as did Matt Kenny in the closing moments, and at half time it was a Lachlan Gales 15 points, Clara 10. At the start of the second half, then Clara really did make a statement. Connor O'Shea, Derek Lynn and Paul Cody all on target to go four, to make the game 16 points to 14 Mark Bergen with the Lachlan's point there so Clara growing into the game at that juncture. Um, two further points from O'Loughlin Gales then made the game a, 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 a four point game in their favour but Clara continued to battle on. By the 48 minutes of the second half it was 20 points to O'Loughlin Gales and 15 to Clara but in the final 15 minutes of the game then it's, it was a bit of a, you have the ball, we have the ball open hurling, really enjoyable to watch. O'Loughlin Gales started that period the brighter, scoring three consecutive points between the 45th and 48 minutes. Uh, O'Loughlin Gales then uh, hit another purple patch between the 48th and 55th minutes. Chris Bulger with a point for Clara, cancelled out with four consecutive points. Owen Wall, Mark Butler and uh, Paddy Butler on target for O'Loughlin Gales. But really, it was the last four minutes then when all the drama hit. Chris Bulger taking play, uh, taking uh, apart O'Loughlin Gales as they were a little bit slack at the back, they slowly but surely uh, passed the ball around, the ball eventually made its way to goalkeeper Stephen Murphy he dropped it, Chris Bulger pounced and a rocket of a strike into the bottom right hand corner of the net, made it uh, 27 points to 117 at that stage but the Clara resurgence I'm afraid came, t- uh, came too little too late from their point of view, O'Loughlin Gale sealed out the victory and uh, that strong patch between the 48 and 55th minutes really worth its weight in gold when you consider what happened subsequently but the full time result, O'Loughlin Gale's 20 28 points, Clara 119, plenty of seeds for Clara uh, to build on and plenty of uh, uh, talent on show there, so they'll be okay and uh, looking at Dane's Ford perhaps in a relegation semi-final. As for O'Loughlin Gales, they're starting to hit form at the right end of the season. Liam, thank you very much, take care. 
Thank you. Okay, that's our Liam Kelly O'Rourke. Now, we're going to actually stay with Liam Kelly O'Rourke. Barry will be is in the studio with me now, and he has a couple of senior matches, Glenmore and Ballycallan on Friday night. I was on my way to a function in Waterford, actually, that great to hear the lads there, a great uh, commentary from Kieran and uh, Barry. And obviously, Barry was with Thomastown today on uh, the big game between uh, Chamrock's Ballyhale and Bennisbridge. But we'll hear what uh, Liam Kelly O'Rourke had to say about James Stevens and Aaron's own before we go to Barry. James Stevens recorded their second win of the St. Canis's Credit Union Senior Hurling League on Friday night, defeating Aaron Zone of Castle Comer on a scoreline of 24 points to 21 in St. Martin's GA Club. On reflection for Brian Cody, the winning of the game came in the final 10 minutes of the first half for the Village Men, where they outscored Aaron Zone by 7 points to 1 to go in 12-11 leaders at half-time. The opening 10 minutes was highly entertaining, both sides having chances. And it was Aaron Zone who were on the scoreboard inside two minutes. Back-to-back points from Conor McMahon and a Jack Boogie free, raising white flags. It was score for score for the next four minutes, with Chris Corf, Niall Brazel, Luke Scanlon and Shane Fian all on target. To leave the scoreline 4-3 by the seventh minute. James Stevens hit a purple patch between the 8th and 11th minute, scoring three points back-to-back. Luke Scanlon, Tygo Dwyer and a further point from Luke Scanlon levelling the game up at five points apiece. Aaron's own though didn't lie down and Shane Feehan and Owen Brennan were a constant threat in deep areas and Brennan found his first point of the evening inside the 11th minute. Comer were back in front then just a moment later through Conor Fogarty while John Dowd got in on the act by the 13th minute to leave the scoreline at 7-5 in favour of Aaron's own. Aaron's own really did have a dominant period at this stage, but heading towards the t- uh, last 10 minutes of the half, James Stevens' grip on the match started to grow. A brace of points from Owen Gilfoyle and points from Tygo Dwyer brought the village men back to within two at 10 points to eight by the 21st minute. Conor Fogarty responded for Aaron's own, but four consecutive points from James Stevens, courtesy of Luke Scanlon, a brace from Owen Gilfoyle, one from play, and Keane Kenny gave James Stevens a 12 points to 11 lead at the break. In the second half, it was much the same for the opening 10 minutes with a highly competitive game of hurling on show. Aaron Zone opened the scoring inside 60 seconds before Owen Gilfoyle put the ball over the bar through a place ball by the 32nd minute to give James Stevens a 13-12 advantage. It was score for score for the next three minutes of the game. A brace of frees from Jack Boogie and a, an opening point of the evening from Ross Whelan left the game at 14 points apiece. And then James Stevens hit a purple patch with four scores back-to-back. Noteworthy points, Luke Scanlon took advantage of a Comer breaking ball to slot over, while a loose puck out from Sean Buggy between the sticks for Aaron's own was pounced upon by Sean Minogue, who slotted over. Keen Kenny, not content with being on the scoreboard just once, found his second point of the evening by the 38th minute. A monster score from his own 65, giving the village a 17 points to 14 lead. Aaron Zone's hot streak came 10 minutes into the second half. Four points back-to-back. Connor Fogarty, Chris Corf and Jack Boogie the scorers. Leaving the scoreline at 18 points to 17 in favour of Aaron Zone. Owen Gilfoyle with two back-to-back frees gave the village a 19-18 lead with 10 minutes to go. And the crowd in St. Martin's GA Club were looking forward to a bumper finish. And that's exactly what they got. James Stevens kept the scoreline ticking and found themselves 20 points to 19 up within a couple of seconds of Gilfoyle's point. Aaron Zone knew they were up against it and they forced a fantastic save uh, from Gavin Costigan in the James Stevens goal. Jack Boogie getting the strike away with the resulting 65 going wide. Gasp from the Aaron Zone supporters. Sean Minogue, the Owen Gilfoyle, uh, found the target for James Stevens, and that extended their lead to 23 points to 20, heading into the final five minutes. A further point from Jack Boogie before the close of business, and an Owen Gilfoyle free left the scoreline in James Stevens' favour, with the village men winning out by 24 points to 21. And our thanks there to Liam Kelly O'Rourke. Just keep an eye on the Walker Cup scores. I know that in the uh, singles today, and I know Dennis Brophy is watching it first as well. Our own Mark Power is one up on Ben James of the US uh, on uh, 17. So hopefully he'll do it at the moment. It is the US, our leading uh, Great Britain and Ireland by 12.5 to 10.5. OK, we're going to go to Barry now. Barry is with me in the studio this evening. And uh, Barry, I'm not sure which of the senior matches you're going to talk about first. There you go, yeah. 
I go, I go with the uh, sorry, Nicky. I go with the Greg Ballycallan one, Glenn Moore. That was in Callan on Friday night. That was a very good match, actually. The best one could really say about this game is that it took too long to really fire. But the Greg Ballycallan lads and their supporters will not complain about the positive entertainment as they literally cruised to a badly needed win against much acclaimed Glenn Moore, who arrived in Callan uh, with full marks from six uh, from three matches. Why so all around us in the county were awash with tropical rain. John Locke Park was swathed in brilliant sunshine, which enhanced the qualities of the players. The, volunt- the winners opened the whirlwind style with points by Tommy Ronan and Sean Ryan. Uh, their defence, led by a brilliant goalkeeper in the evergreen Kieran Hine, a towering Conor Flynn at fullback, Tom Dunphy and Jeff Nary presented plenty of obstacles to a marauding Glenmore, uh, the mar- marauding Glenmore forward division. Their forwards make superb vision with smart execution of their striking to such an extent that after 19 minutes they had kept the Glenmore men to six points with two of those coming from play. Young lads like Tommy Ronan and Aaron McAvoy were standing tall in the face of some very serious defending by the likes of Owen Murphy, the outstanding Billy Reid, goalkeeper Mikey Kerwin and Shane Murphy in the green and gold. Alan Murphy was keeping the Southerners in the game with his effortless free-taking from all distances with two-thirds of their first-half take converted in the absence of another youngster. Aaron Brennan, Jesse Roberts, they were causing all sorts of unease for the Glenmore full-back line. But the man that took my eye was the other corner forward, young Ryan Corcoran, who had a game he will remember and will be remembered by many when embers are flickering in the dying winter embers. Embers. At 29 minutes, the sides were level at not nine apiece, but it was to change before Morris Flynn, the referee, he made a nice contribution to proceedings, was to finish proceedings for the break. A great fetch by Conor Flynn was fished through the lines and uh, uh, through the lines, ending with Conor Prenderville, whose offload found Aaron McAvoy. The young, young, the young Loch and Var left Mikey Kerwin helpless in the. Glenmore goal, leaving the scoreboard reading Greg Valley Callum 1 9 to 0 9. Callum Prenderville um, wasted no time in imposing himself on the Glenmore defence as he had done to a great extent in the first half. The efforts were rewarded with four unanswered points at the start of the second half by Tommy Ronan three and Jesse Roberts Ryan Corcoran got another and Billy Ryan that goal deficit had been stretched to eight points by the 13 minutes of the second half by the 24th minute Glenmore had increased their first tally to only 13 points while the winners were to cruise to an extra 117 on board the winners deservedly won the two table points that were up for grabs with and that was deserving the better team won of that of that they can, you can be sure Greg Ballycombe 118 they were very impressed press of Glenmore not 15 Nicky and Barry you were out at uh, Sunsplash to Thomastown today and uh, what could be well we call it a surprise but you might have something else to say where Bennis Bridge defeated Shamrock's Bally Hale yeah. by 224 to 217 yeah absolutely Nicky where was I I'm looking for it in the, in the programme here yeah it was a great great uh, result for Bennis Bridge but there's no doubt in the world about it Nicky Bennis Bridge deserved to, uh, to win they started very brightly with uh, Jason Clear with the first of many of his points and Liam Bansfield good to see him back. He, apparently he was uh, on holiday, he was in Australia but apparently he came back. TJ Reid then stepped into it and I tell you something it would be a sad, sad scoreline tonight if uh, TJ Reid hadn't been on the field. He got a point in the, from a 65 in the second minute and then a long ball uh, cross, uh, uh, delivered a cross field from Dara Corcoran found TJ. TJ I tell, his, his dummy was absolutely brilliant. I'd stay looking at it all day long. He dummied his, dummied his marker, switched inside and slammed the ball into the back of the net. That was 1-1 to 0-2. That's after four minutes. By the half-time by the halfway stage in that first half, Liam Blanchfield getting his second point had Bridge not 9 to 1 4 in front, and uh, they were looking very comfortable. I actually thought they were looking very comfortable, but by the half time, it was 14 points to 1 9. And as, uh, there was a man beside me, a county board official beside me, and I said, uh, Bridge might be winning, but uh, the Ballyhale lads, you never know with Ballyhale. But uh, after a start, uh, for the second start, uh, for a start, 
in the second half the bridge stretched their lead and they looked comfortable and it looked to me as if the Shamrock Stads were wilting and were kind of very lackadaisical TJ Reid there's scoring uh, he scored actually 2-8 altogether 1-4 from play uh, TJ Reid got a free it made it 17 points to 1-11 there was still only 3 points between the sides with 10 minutes gone in that first half Nicky Reid then the, or Nicky Clear the, the Venice Bridgeman really went to town went to town and went for the juggler Nicky Clear with his free take and he was exemplary Sean Morrissey moved out the park he scored his third point of the game Kevin Blanchfield a superb point it was 120 to 111 now the Venice Bridge men were purring after 15 minutes of play it was 20, 20 points to 113 Kevin Blanchfield a goal uh, he got a, a great goal for Bennis Bridge in the 16th minute and I absolutely felt that there was only going to be one winner. Then uh, the uh, Ballyhill lads mounted another charge. TJ Reid got a goal uh, got a goal from a penalty. David Blanchfield playing superbly well in the middle of the field. Uh, he got a point for the bridge and then a terrific goal by David Campion, the corner forward who was on for uh, David Campion. He was on for... Um, da, 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 I thought, uh, uh, it was Jack Campion, actually. He wasn't selected to start, but he came on as the second half. So, and he buried the ball and back in the net. Game, set a match, as far as I was concerned. 2.24, 2.17. The bridge were very, very good value for their win. And our thanks to Barry there. He has a couple of junior matches. We'll pick them up later on. Now we're going to finish off the season before our first break. First of all, Skira Maldowney with Tullerone and Dan Sport, and then my own views on the Borough versus Bundabat. St. Candice's Credit Union Senior Hurling League. Tullerone 221, Danesford 119. An entertaining game in Comer saw Tullerone emerge victorious by five points in the end, but this was a very even game all through. The sides were level four times in the opening 11 minutes. Bill Gaffney and Bill Walton with a pair of points each for Tullerone, while for Danesford, Ben Whitty, Cahill O'Neill, Patty Hickey and Aina Cassidy hit the target. In the 14th minute, Tullerone received a tonic when Martin Keown finished to the net after an outstanding team move involving Joe Coughlin, Garrow Dunn and Dylan Simpson. He followed this up with a point out on the left-hand side. A point of brilliant standard flicking the ball off into his hand and Tullerone stretched into a lead, won six to five points. Robbie Welch and Brian MacDonald did respond for Danes Ford, but after 17 minutes it was Tullerone who led, won six to seven points. A brace of Shane Welch frees were applied to by Ben Whitty, but Mossy Keown hit his second point of the game to add to his goal and after 22 minutes it was Tullerone who led 1-9 to 8 points. From here to half-time, Danesford heard very well. Three frees from goalkeeper Paddy Hogan as well as a point from Dan Dowling saw them narrow the gap back to the minimum and at half-time it was Tullerone who led 1-10 to 12 points. Danesford started the second half outstandingly and Ian Cassidy goal in the opening minute of the half. He received a hand pass just inside the 21 and his left-handed shot was buried in the top corner. Ben Whitty added to this as did Colin Phelan and Danesford led by four points, 114 to 110 after 35 minutes. Shane Welsh did steady the ship for Tullerone with a point of free. This was added to by Mossy Keown and Shane Welsh with another free. And after 41 minutes it was Danesford who led by a point, 114 to 113. Paddy Hogan was his fourth point in free, so Danesford go back into a two-point lead. But Mossy Keown, Shane Welsh and Billy Gaffney saw the score levelled after 48 minutes, 116 apiece. The clinching score came in the 49th minute. Outstanding work from Martin Keown and Shane Welsh saw Garrow Dunn finish to the net from 14 yards out, 216 to 116 with 10 minutes to go. Shane Welsh from play did score another point for Tullerone to stretch the lead out to four, but Ian Cassidy all the time was a torn in the Tullerone side. He hit a brace of points. The excellent Tomas Dunn at wing back for Tullerone hit two points during this period. Garrow Dunn added another one, and Porrig Welsh ventured forward from his centre back position to point with time just up. Tomas Dunn got the final score of the game, an outstanding point from 100 yards out on the right hand side as Tullerone stretched to a five point win. The final score, Tullerone 2.21, Danesford 1.19. St. Canis' Credit Union Senior Hurling League Championship, Dixborough 2.20, Muller de Bat 1.19. A competitive St. Canis' Credit Union Senior Hurling League Championship tie between Dixborough and Muller de Bat saw the city side take the two points in Dunham on Saturday afternoon. 
The winners took a grip on the game in 11 minutes, when Andy Gaffney goaled after hesitancy in the Mundabat defence. Prior to that goal, the Rod Arden men were the better team. A brace of points from placed balls by John Walsh, plus further points from Porrick Gahan and Jer Malone, to which Andy Gaffney replied from a free for the Borough, gave Mundabat a four points to one lead after six minutes. The Borough almost grabbed a goal in eight minutes when Harry Shine's powerfully hit shot after a pass from Bill Sheehan went narrowly wide. A brace of pointed trees from Andy Gaffney left a minimum between the sides on 11 minutes. Two minutes later, the game's first goal arrived, when Sloppy Mullinabat defending allowed Andy Gaffney to score a fine goal. The excitement from the Borough supporters had barely died down, when John Walsh, with little space to strike the ball, rattled the back of the Borough net. Kelly and Buckley pint after a good passing movement tied the game. The next ten minutes saw the sides share four points. Defences were on top and scores were at a premium. A decisive period in the game was the closing six minutes of the first half with the City side landing a goal in two points to lead 2-8 to 1-6 at the interval. The winner's second goal also came from Andy Gaffney, and it was the result of some delightful interpassing among six Dixborough forwards. The City side maintained that advantage during the opening ten minutes of the second half, with both sides scoring three points each as the game ebbed and flowed from end to end. The winners were enjoying more of the possession, but tended to overplay the ball at times. On a number of occasions, the Borough gave a pass too many, when it would have been wiser to pop the ball over the bar. While the Bat continued to stay on the coattails of their opponents, principally through the accuracy of John Walsh from place bonds, with Mick Malone and Patrick Dempsey also raising white flags. A more direct approach from the winners was awarded with points from Kelly and Hackett, Aidan Nolan and Bill Sheen, but they could never shake off dogged opponents in Mondavat. Boris Subley Moore was effective and introduced for the city side, but two pointed frees from John Walsh on the cusp of full time brought the margin back to two points. An injury to a player from each side meant six minutes of injury time had to be played, with just two points separating the teams. It made for an anxious conclusion. Another Boris saw Baron Murphy made a telling impact when introduced, landing two late points from play, the result of some sensible direct play from the winners. Dixborough stayed top of Group B with full points from their four games, and they deserved the victory yesterday afternoon over Mundavat. They will need to mix their undoubted strong passing game with a more direct approach occasionally, and the option of a strong bench by the city side will be a key factor as the championship commences in a couple of weeks. Mullenbach made a bold effort to catch their opponents in the final quarter, but just came up short. The threat of a relegation battle looms, but if they play with the same determination as they showed yesterday in future games, they will surely remain in the senior ranks. Final score from Donna Dixborough 220, The Voice of the Black and Amber, Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring Sunday evening Talksport on CRKC 88.7 FM. And welcome back to Talksport. Yes, we're hitting to intermediate now, and our first port of call is uh, Thomas Donald on the Magan. They took they played on uh, Friday evening, and Richie Power was there in Toller for us. Thomas Stone three sixteen, Dunamagan one thirteen. Driving into the Tuller GA grounds with a river running down the road, it meant conditions were going to be difficult. Tuller official told me they had thirty minutes of a of a cloud burst. Dunhamagan started this game really well. Darren Fist with a pint in the first minute and a very good individual pint from Dennis Welsh. Robbie Donnelly replied with a pint at three. In the fourth minute, Joe Fitz went for a pint from way out, but it fell short. And the ever alert Andy Hickey got to the end of it. Dunhamagan won two, Thomas Down one pint. The next four minutes yielded no score. But from the eighth to the eighteenth minute, this game was about Robbie Donnelly. He hit six pints, five from freeze and one from play to leave it 7 points to 1-2. Dunhamagan went 15 minutes without a score, but in the 19th minute, John Fitz, a free and an Andy Hickey pint from play, left the Dunhamagan 1-4, Thomas Dunn 7 points after 22 minutes. Thomas Dunn saw out the first half with two Robbie Donnelly pints and a brilliant Tucker Hanrahan pint to a free for John Fitz to leave it. Thomas Dunn 10 points, Dunhamagan 1-5 at half time. Thomas Dunn reminded me a little bit of Limerick in the first 10 minutes of the second half. Robbie Donnelly with two, one free and one from play. And their first goal was a gym. Jack Holden collected the ball very close to the ground, offloaded to the in-running Luke Kennellan, who gave a great ball to Tucker Henneran, and he did what good forwards do. Very, very good goal for Thomas Town. Dunhamagnum, under a lot of pressure, got a pint from John Fitz free on the 10th minute. A long delivery landed on the Dunhamagnum full-back line. Robbie Donnelly fielded a great ball and finished it brilliantly to the nest. Thomas down 2-12, Dunhamagan 1-6. Dunhamagan struggling up front, got the next two scores through Darren Fitz and the John Fitz 3. Robbie Donnelly had a pint for Thomas Town, and Dunhamagan's best forward, Andy Hickey, made a 2-13 to 1-9. Thomas Town looked a serious outfit in the second half, 
I saw this out in style, scoring 1-3. Dunhamagan will learn a lot from this. They needed this test. Victor Costello, Andy Hickey and Michael Cody did well. Thomastown were solid all over the field. Their half-back line, Eddie Donnelly, Brian Staunton, Peter MacDonald were outstanding. All the forwards at different stages of the game contributed to this very impressive second-half performance. Final score, Thomastown 316, Dunham Agan 113. And uh, that uh, Walker Cup golf, and I have to finish the singles there, and Kilkenny's Mark Power, he has uh, won his game against uh, Ben James of the US, uh, one hole. Now, Barry, be far more familiar with that language, but it is a win for the United States. They win 14.5 to 11.5, but Young Power is after being a great competition for him. In uh, the Sunday foursomes as well, he teamed up with Neve Nolan uh, to beat uh, Dylan Menate and Austin Greaser 4-3. and three. And uh, on the Saturday singles, uh, Mark Power, he also won uh, one hole against David Ford from the US. And I think his own reversal was in the Saturday foursomes where he joined up with uh, Barkley Brown and they lost three and two to Gordon Sargent and Dylan Manate. So that's uh, three wins for uh, Young Power on the Walker Cup circuit. And that's a man heading in the right direction. Back to uh, Friday night and up in Norlingford, it was Connie and the Fenians. Michael Lee Motors Intermediate Hurling League Championship. Connie Shamrocks 221, Fenians. 13. Connie Shamrocks claimed their first points in the Michael Ling Motors Intermediate Hurling League Championship with a deserved victory over Fenians in Norlingford on Friday night. It was a result not without drama. Connie led by 11 points 12 minutes into the second half. But typical of the Fenians, they paid little heed to that deficit as they thundered back into the game in a frantic final quarter, only for Connie to recompose themselves and seal victory late on. The foundation for Connie's victory was laid early in the game with James Berrigan finding the range from play and from freeze, along with points from Kieran Mooney, Dara Dooley and Tom Phelan, the accuracy of the Connie attack was crucial in keeping the scoreboard ticking over. The key score during that period arrived on seven minutes when James Berrigan burst through the left-hand side of the Fiennes' defence and struck a fine shot directly off his hurley to the Fiennes' net for the game's first goal. Fiennes were struggling to maintain possession, with Cahill Phelan, two, Podge O'Grady and Dara McCormack registering their only scores during this time. The original setup of playing with a two-man full forward line was not working well for the Johnstown side. Connie's own Cal playing very effectively as a spare player in their defence. Throughout the first half, Connie continued to add to their points tally, with James Berrigan, Tom Phelan, Dara Dooley and Bill Murphy hitting good scores. Mark Webster kept Phoenix in touch with a number of pointed frees, but there was no denying Connie's dominance in the opening half as they led by 114 to 7 points when the half-time whistle sounded. As the second half started, Phoenix needed to turn the tide in a major way and they made a decent attempt at that when they scored the first three points of the half, two from Mark Webster freeze and another from Sean Tobin. Connie showed their mettle by responding with four consecutive points of their own, three from James Berrigan, two from Freeze and Bill Murphy. These scores saw Connie lead by 11 points, 118 to 10 points and seemingly well on their way to victory. But Phoenix didn't read the script and responded with her scoring burst of 1-2, the goal coming from Derry Tobin. Tom Phelan and Tom Rice replied with Connie points, but a second Fenians goal from Sean Tobin followed soon after, and suddenly the deficit was down to four points, 120 to 213. Some controversy soon followed when Tom Phelan was fouled as he struck a goal for Connie. Initially, referee Sean McMahon called for a free in, but having consulted with his umpires, he awarded Connie the goal. With time almost up, Fenians did manage to score a third goal from Connor Tobin, but when James Berrigan responded immediately with a superb score for Connie, it concluded a frantic period of play and got Connie deservedly over the line. Final score from Erlingford, Connie Shamrocks 221. Fenians 313. Yeah, first points for Connie there and uh, a game that took place down just a cup of a puck of a ball from us here in uh, the studio in Johns Park was Liz Downey against uh, Moonkine and it saw the Liz Downey men come out on top. Tom O'Hanlon, you'll be disappointed in Moonkine with that result. Yeah, I had to be disappointed at the end of score scoring there, 118 to 16 points. Uh, five points mightn't seem a whole lot but I couldn't help but the feeling coming away from the game that we should have been beaten by more. At the same time, um, it has to be said that I don't think Liz Downey had any decent shot at the goalkeeper except the one that scored the vital goal uh, for about 10-12 minutes in the second half. And um, in Munkine's case, they brought three brilliant saves, well, two saves from the goalkeeper and one a brilliant block by the full-back there, Ben Tallis, for Liz Downey. So um, Munkine had, had goal-scoring opportunities uh, and, and still came, came away wondering how they got even so close to Liz Downey. At the same time, I suppose going through the game, Munkine started off very well with two points early on after five minutes or so, but they only seemed to take over then, and for a period of, of ten, ten minutes, they added five points. Uh, of course, they had Niall Brennan, who was very influential midfield all night through. Vinicius Patrick, even McAvoy Free, Dean Dunphy, 
a point from play, good corner forward play, and Avian McAvoy again from another, actually that one was from play. Uh, Pat Welsh stopped the run for a minute there with a point from a free when he was looking for a goal chance, but uh, he got his three, uh, five points to three, but David O'Carroll replied almost immediately. Then Paul Henry had a 65 and a free, which made it six points to five, and things weren't looking too bad halfway through the first half. However, again, uh, Liz Downey went on another burst, courtesy of freeze from Avon McAvoy and Noel Brennan. Avon McAvoy a point from the, from play then again, and actually missed two frees after that, so I think they put Noel Brennan on the freeze after that. Powish, a point, bring it nine points to six. And um, then another burst from Liz Downey, three more points. But we kind of, to their credit, finished their first half fairly okay. Um, being behind 12 points to 6 they got the final 3 points of the first half of course another free from uh, Welsh Martin O'Neill a point from play and Kieran Quilty a point from play um, the second half uh, you have to say in the first half it was a very stop start and um, what I would call a fussy referee <laughs> display um, nothing wrong in either side but definitely too much stop start for my liking and um, again in the first 10 minutes or so of the second half it was just tit for tat the 3 points difference maintained up to uh, about 10 minutes and then uh, Liz Downey introduced uh, big Michael Kenny into the place into the fray and he um, kind of caused a bit of consternation for a while uh, Niall Brennan point followed and then uh, he caught a good ball and seemed to lose possession as he's travelling through but Kevin Sweeney was on hand to hit the low ball to the net with a, a good ground stroke and um, they put on a point after that Powers another free James O'Keefe who had come on as a sober and looked lively he got a point from play. Niall Brennan, uh, another point from play. Pa Welch is 65. And um, the final point for Liz Downey was a, a free from Avian McAvoy again. Uh, but Mokine finished with two frees from Pa Welch. Uh, all in all, a game of a lot of frees, as I said. Uh, pa Welch, our star man, was tightly marked all through, but still had uh, eight points to show all of them from frees this time. Uh, the rest of our forwards were poor enough on the night, but again, you'd have to say that the supply of ball into them uh, wasn't hectic and then is the only half back line where, where had a superb game Richard McAvoy centre but the whole lot in the Neubrenner midfield was the key to this victory for Liz Downey Alright Tom Matt we'll be seeing you next weekend uh, well I don't know if there myself but uh, you have a little date with a certain team I know very yeah. well so anyway we'll let that take and us and down to scoring average oh, down to scoring average yeah but there's a, there's a whole issue around scoring average as well that yeah. I need to brush up on because there's a new rule now that if yeah. there is teams finished level uh, it's only the scoring among those particular teams that, that work out what the scoring is so yeah. there'll be lots it's, of them taking out their pens and pencils between now and the weekend if it, and went, if it, went, weekend. On, if it went on head to head uh, we, we'd be safe I know what you mean. But anyway. um, not another new rule. <laughs> uh, there you go, there you go. All right, Tom, yeah. thanks for that. Thanks. Okay, okay. And uh, that was Tom O'Hanlon. So, a disappointment there for Moonkine. Well, there was a bit, I would consider this a bit of a shock, and it affected Carry Shock. A brilliant win for Blacks and Whites, who were really flying in the intermediate. Fair dues to them. Here is the Carry Shock and Blacks and Whites. Black and Whites 418, Carry Shock 314. Black and Whites collected two valuable pints down in Sunina Sake on Saturday afternoon. Their hurling was crisp and their work rate all over the field was very impressive. Black and White started this game with real intent. They had two scores on the scoreboard after two minutes with their goal coming from Jamie Burden. Four minutes gone, it was 1-4 to Black and White, no score to Carry Shock and Black and White doing all the hurling. Carry Shock settled up and points from John Power and Jamie Power and a very good goal from Kevin Farrell lifted. one three Black and Whites to Carry Shock 1-2. After seven minutes, Carry Shock hit the next three pints from play through Jamie Power and Michael Rice and Kevin Farrell. But for the remainder of this first half, Black and White did all the hurling and looked very, very impressive, hitting 1 7, their goal coming from Sam Burton. Carry Shock kept the scoreboard ticking over with two pints from Jamie Power and Owen Crowley to leave it 2 10 to Black and White, 1 8 to Carry Shock at half time. Carry Shock needed a good start to the second half and they got a pint from Jamie Power and a goal from Owen O'Neill after two minutes. Black and White 2-10, Carry Shock 2-9. I felt at this stage this would go right down to the wire, but how wrong I was. Black and White kept their heads and did some great hurling and hit three pints over the next three minutes to go four up. JB Power hit his fourth pint from play and a pint from a free to leave it a two-pint game after 13 minutes. Ryan Murphy pushed the Black and White three out with a free. In the 16 minutes, a free from Jamie Power and a very good pint from Sean Grace in the 17 minute brought it back to a one pint game. The next score in this game was, was a real turning pint. It came from Black and White 
a well-worked ball right down along the near sideline and a brilliant diagonal ball across the goal and Jamie Kennedy finished it. And a, and a free right away from Ryan Murphy left a 3.16 black and whites 2.11 carry shock with 23 minutes gone. An own Crowley pint and a goal from Owen O'Neill brought it back to a five-point game on the 28th minute. But right from the puck out, black and whites won possession in the middle of the field Walked it down along the near sideline and hit a brilliant ball across field in front of Sam Bourne and he turned and buried it to the net. Black and Whites 4-15, Karishok 3-12. Black and Whites went on to, to win this game and deserved to win it. Quality of ball they got to the fours was top class. Karishok know themselves. They were in trouble all over the field and the best team won this game. Have a real tough couple of weeks ahead of them. Final score, Black and Whites 4-18, Karishok 3-14. Now we have two more intermediate matches to wrap up then we take a break we'll have some junior Barry has some junior uh, the road played a bit of Lachlan's today I did St. Martin's uh, against Gordon here those reports now the Roar in the Steag 121 O'Loughlin Gales 1-9 a very mundane intermediate game saw the Roar in the Steag lead from start to finish Tom Murphy opening the scores in the first minute uh, putting them on their way with an early point Michael Galvin was uh, deadly from play and freeze scoring four from place balls and three from uh, play in that first half as Alex Sheridan and Fergal Brennan offered most in attack for the losers 13 points to three at the break O'Loughlin Gales best uh, scoring spell was uh, between the 38 and 41st minutes when uh, they landed three points without reply from Fergal Brennan, Sammy Johnson and Alex Sheridan. That left it 16 points to eight. The Roaring Sea tacked on another three points before Oisin Murphy uh, found Conor Bergen uh, who set up Fergal Brennan for a uh, goal for O'Loughlin's good, ground, good low shot to the net to leave it 21 points to 1-8. The Roaring Sea had a penalty saved late in the game uh, but uh, they held on to for a convincing win 121 to 19 uh, they head home with the points and a uh, happy day out at St John's Park the Royal Sea 121 O'Loughlin Gales 19 St Martin's got their third win of this year's intermediate league championship with a hard fought two point win over Young Ireland's in sunny Jinkistown today the Gorn men started the scoring from midfielder Seamus Farrell and St Martin's got off the mark with a free from Shane Kinsla Gordon got the next two points from Paddy Langton and Sean Carey, who was playing on the half-forward line. On eight minutes, Donald Shore got the first of his three points from play in the first half. Gordon replied with a point from Seamus Farrell. Then St. Martins got a great score from a free from goalie Usheen Kelly to make it three points to four after 15 minutes. From there till the 25th minute, St. Martins got three points through Donald Shore to and a Shane Kinsella free. On the other side, Gorn will look back on this spell when they hit five bad wides, and they were all very scoreable ones. But to St. Martin's credit, they were working very hard all over the field, not giving an inch. They got their seventh score of the half with another good point from Donald Shore, who was popping up in the right place to finish off the move. Gorn got their two points from Sean Carey, who was being closely marked by Paddy Nolan and Paul Holden got his first point from a free half time score St. Martin 7 points Gorn 6 second half started with fierce intensity both teams not giving an inch St. Martin's had 3 whites hit after 3 minutes and then the very impressive Paddy Langton got his second point of the game followed by a Sean Carey point and then full back Paragonil came up the field to score a great point Martin's got the first score of the half from a Shane Kinsella free and at this stage it was hard to see where St Martins were going to get the scores from but up stepped that man Shane Kinsella with three pointed frees and a great point from centre back Brian Cody who at this point had moved up the field he was playing well Gorn got two points from Ted Dre and Paddy Brennan to make it 12 points each with 10 minutes remaining and in this time there was no room for error. St. Martin's number one, Oshin Kelly, got a massive 80-yard free straight over the bar. But back came Paddy Langton and Sean Farrell with two points to put the Gorn men a point up. Back replied St. Martin's in style with a great score from the young corner forward, Sean Hunt, who had moved out to wing forward. He gathered the ball on the wing, rounded his man and off his hurl over the bar. Great point. Shane Kinsley got a free and then the big call of the game came a long ball into the St. Martin's full back line 
was won by Ted Dre. He offloaded it to the oncoming Sean Farrell, who rifled it to the net. But referee Owen Bean blew it up for a throw ball. A let off for the St. Martins men. And in that, they finished off the game stronger, with points from Shane Kinsler too and Tristan Roach. And Gorn replied with a point from Paddy Brennan. The Gorn men tried hard, but it was not to be. St. Martins finished out the winners and are in a great place with six points after four games played. Fitness was a key to this victory today and hard work by all. For the losers, they had good performers in the very impressive Paddy Langton. He was excellent. Sean Carey, Seamus Farrell, Jeff Brennan, Ted Dre and Cole tried hard. But only for their wayward shooting and miss-scoring chances, they could have got the result. For St. Martins, Oshin Kelly in goal got two great long-range frees. Backs were solid, especially young Cahal Keegan and Kieran Nolan. Brian Cody was excellent. His work rate was superb. He covered a lot of ground. Shane Kinsley was reliable from place balls. Donald Shore got three good points in the first half. And Sean Hunt got a great point in the second half when it was needed. He is only a young man, but there is loads of hurling in him. Final score, St. Martins, not 17. Young Ireland's, not 15. Yeah, our thanks to Shane uh, Coogan there. Now, before we go for a break and we're hitting into the junior then, games across channel today, Crystal Palace 3, Man- Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, Liverpool 3, and Aston Villa 0, and just finished, Arsenal have defeated Manchester United uh, 3-1, so there'll be obviously post-mortems there. In local soccer in Division 1, Premier, Le- or Divi- Premier Division, I should say, Bridge United 4, Thomastown United 8, 2. In Division 1, it was Tullerone, AFC 4, River Rangers 1. Division 2, East End 3, Stonyford United 1, Dean Celtic B nil, Brookville three, and in the uh, Division One played uh, yesterday, Evergreen B three, Evergreen C nil, and um, yeah, just um, Dennis Brophy was on to me there to say that that Mark Power has played in two uh, Walker Cups. He's played eight games. He had had a magnificent six wins, and he turns professional tomorrow. And his first big date is in the Irish Open at the K Club on Thursday. We'll all be watching that with a lot of interest. Dennis, appreciate you updating us here in the studio. We'll take a break. The voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Chadwick's sponsoring the Sunday evening talk sport on CRKC 88.7 FM. Yes, we're, in, we're running out of time as well. Let's talk to Barry. He was at a couple of junior matches at the weekend. He's going to wrap them up very quickly. Greg Deman and Piltown. John Locks and the Emeralds. Yeah, Greg Deman and Piltown finished on 117 to 20 points. An interesting game indeed. Just tip for tat all the way in the first half. It ended up at 10 points to 7 at half time with uh, the... Um, with the uh, or Greg Nomana lads out in front um, but then the second half it livened up a bit to a level uh, after 13 minutes the score was 10 points, 12 points to 10 in favour of um, in favour of uh, the Piltown men uh, but Greg came at him hard and the likes of Bulger and the likes of uh, Pierce uh, Blanchfield and James Meany and uh, and uh, Michael Bulger. Bulger was absolutely inch perfect with most of his frees. And we ended, went into the last 10 minutes. Uh, it was great. It was good defensive work. But uh, Pilta, uh, Greg Namana got their, their necks in front very close to the end. And uh, a free by Dennis Walsh, uh, by uh, uh, Dar- is it Dara Walsh he got uh, the Greg Lamana men out in front 16, 116 to 18 points uh, that was increased with another Dara Walsh free in the uh, just on the call of half time 29 minutes second half it was 117 to 18 points there was two points between the sides and then the Greg Lamana as the Greg Lamana often do and Michael Bulger or um Michael Bulger, 65, hard-earned indeed, that put real pressure on the Piltown men, and uh, Michael Bulger, and an attack with the ball uh, lined up for a goal against uh, Piltown, was forced over the end line, and Bulger with the 65 left, just one point between the sides, and we were into injury time, and again, final all-out uh, roll the dice all the way uh, Greg Naman attack ended with the ball ended up in the corner flag with um, Sean Hamilton Sean Hamilton spun around his marker slipped out came out to the 21 metre line and slipped the ball over the bar at the town end and it was game set and match to neither side it was a lovely game great game both sides fought tooth and nail all the way no side deserved to lose 20 points to 117 that's the way it finished and in Tullerone today Barrett I was in Tullerone today 
and I will say very little about this other than the fact that my beloved John Knox were on the receiving end of a horrendous uh, four goals and 18 point score against North 15 there's a thousand reasons why that is the reason I'm not detracting one little bit from the Erlingford men they worked they came to Tullerone today to win and that's exactly what the win, win won, did. that's exactly what they did but they got through our defence uh, too easily four goals were conceded the young lad in the goal he's only a, ch- a child really um he um he could not be blamed for any of the bo- any of the goals that went in, but Erlingford were very well worth their uh, their four. What did I say? Their uh, four eighteen to not fifteen full time win. Uh, Darrow um, Young uh, Bergen uh, was probably Callan's best player. He did all most of the scoring, a lot of it from frees. But at the end of the day, it was no match, and uh, the Emeralds men went home happy, of course, to her. But they would not. Uh, it could be a, a fall stone for them. Okay, Galway and Bladen uh, Barra Rangers. JJ Cabinet Sons Junior Hurling League Championship. Barra Rangers two nineteen, Galway nineteen. Two goals and a superb goalkeeping performance by Jason Holden were the difference between Barra Rangers and Galmai at Sonny Jenkinstown on Saturday. Holden was superb all through, making some fabulous saves, while the two goals, one in each half, were something that Galmai could not match. The game opened with four early points from Barra Rangers, their two corner forwards doing great damage, Joe Healy and Keith Flavin with a pair each. Billy Drennan replied with following a pass from Stephen Delaney, and then he followed up with a free following a foul on Brandon Phelan. Jason Holden came to the rescue in the seventh minute when Oshin Phelan was put through and a superb shot was blocked by Holden out for 65 which Billy Drennan converted. Joe Healy answered with a point from the left wing following a good pass by Cahill Purcell. Billy Drennan had put over a free and then Oshin Phelan took a pass from Drennan to level the game up five points each after ten minutes of play. Flavin and Healy were doing fierce damage inside in the full forward line for Barra Rangers and they put over a point each. Healy's from a free following a foul on himself. Billy Drennan likewise has been fouled regularly at the other end and he put over two frees to make it 7-all. Barra Rangers were dealt a blow when Kieran O'Neill, their full forward, who had been on a good bit of ball, had to leave the fray with a hamstring injury after 13 minutes. But he was replaced by Noah Scully and Scully made an immediate impact with a point in the 15th minute. Jason Holden again saved from Oshin Phelan in the 17th minute. And Phelan had another chance two minutes later when he came in for the left wing, but he was crowded out by the Barra Rangers' defence. Conor Grace took a quick line ball from Brandon Phelan and pointed to level the game up in the 22nd minute, but Healy and Stephen Delaney exchanged points to level it again 9 all. In the 25th minute came the first goal of the match. A long puck out by Jason Holden found Brian Kelly, who was unmarked on the left wing. He sold it in and stuck the ball in the net to leave it 1-9 to 9 points and Carl Purcell followed up with a good point from the right wing after a clearance by cornerback Paul Delaney. Billy Drennan then won a ball at the other end of the field and with two defenders dragging out of it he planted the ball in the net but the referee's whistle had blown for a free which Drennan pointed. Brandon Phelan then re- worked really hard in the 31st minute to dispossess a, a defender and point for Galmai to leave it half-time Barra Rangers 1-10 Galmai 11 points Barra Rangers full value for their two points lead they started the second half well with a good point by Mark Drennan who lined out at centre-back wearing number 8. It must be said that at least five players of the Barra Rangers team did not wear the jerseys as they were on the programme which was disappointing. Ocean Phelan was unlucky again in the 32nd minute when he batted a chance but Jason Holden stood big in the goal and cleared. Billy Drennan put over two frees and they were applied to by points from play by Killian Rutkins and Brian Kelly who was doing well on the left wing. Mikey Dial then replaced Jimmy Kane at centre-forward. Kane had been working hard and Dial came in to do the similar job. Galmai enjoyed a good spell at this stage with points from Billy Drennan, Conor Drennan from distance and Stephen Delaney to level the game on the 45th minute, 16 points to 113 for Barra Rangers. Joe Hill stood back with a free for Barra Rangers to put them ahead and then the all-important goal came in the 49th minute. A long ball out of defence up the left wing by Killian Rutkins found Joe Healy, who slipped his marker and soloed in along the left-hand side. He passed to Noah Scully, who was operating at full forward, and Scully stuck the ball in the net, 2.14 to 16. Jason Holden then came out to take a long-distance free and pointed 2.15 to 16. Billy Drennan replied, and Conor Hanlon, who had done very well all through at right-half forward, put over a point. Frank Phelan and Billy Drennan pointed, but the game ended with Barra Rangers dominating and Conor Hanlon hit two with Carl Purcell hitting their final point on the, on the final whistle. 219 to 19 points. All in all, Jason Holden was probably the man of the match with some superb saves and kept Barra Rangers' hopes alive. 
Mark Drennan did well with Keith Flavin, Joe Healy and Conor Hanlon also scoring at will up front. Billy Drennan hit 12 points and Oshin Phelan was unlucky not to have a couple of goals. Elsewhere, Galway will want to do better in their final match against the Emeralds in two weeks' time. Final score, Barra Rangers 219, Galway 19 points. This JJ Kavanagh game between Slivru and Weingap took place in well-appointed Asper Park in Calgary on Friday evening. After heavy showers had abated, Weingap opened well. However, with some poor shooting, as Paul Rocket pointed Slivru ahead from a free. After the size were level on four occasions, Weingap had a good spell at the end of the first quarter and a Sean Purcell free and a Luke Ward goal gave them a 1-5 to 4 points lead. Slivru rallied immediately with points by Kieran Connolly, Eamon Phelan and Paul Rocket to reduce the lead to a single point after 28 minutes. Weingap then hit a purple patch with two Emmett Landy frees before Adam O'Shea and James Power goaled. In response, Paul Rocket pointed as Weingap led by 3-9 nine points at the break. The third quarter was very even as Steve Ruse Niall Welsh made a welcome returning goal and the team shared eight points to leave the score at 3.13 to 13 points. With Steve Rue attacking, a counter move saw Killian Enright had Weingap's fourth goal in the 45th minute. From there to the end, Steve Rue had the best of the scoring returns with William Hampton and Connor Wall pointing and Paul Rocket bringing his match t- tally to 14 points. After that, Sean Purcell replied with one from play and two for freeze from Weingap. When the Raytor Pat Dunphy blew the final whistle, the 4.16 to 18 points win saw Weingap qualify for the league final. As it is, the championship ties that really matter in the weeks ahead. And our thanks to Jimmy Welsh there. Now, there's three games we haven't been able to cover. We'll fit him in tomorrow evening on the TC Thursday. James Stevens and Aaron Zone in the Junior C uh, yesterday. Uh, we had a games today between Tullaross Burke and the Clunine and St. Patrick's Bell Dragons and Freshman. We covered them tomorrow evening. Now, Camogie fixtures uh, over the weekend in senior uh, results. Uh, Winegap 215, Clara 3 points. Uh, Piltown 120, Tullerone 117. In intermediate, St. Clair's 211, Danes Fort uh, 10 points. Now, there's a couple of big county finals coming up in the next while. The Junior A to F. Junior A, we don't have a fixture yet. It's O'Loughlin Gales versus the Borough. In Junior B, it's Tullerone and Barra Rangers. They take place. That takes place next Saturday in UPMC in Olin Park at 2.30 at the Junior C uh, final a repeat of the 1908 Senior Final Munkhine and Three Castles half four in UPMC in Olin Park we'll have that game live for you on Community Radio Kilkenny City Junior D Roaring the Sieg versus Liz Downey in UPMC in Olin Park on Sunday the 10th of September Junior E in Erin's uh, Own and Dane's Fort Saturday the t- 16th of September 4 o'clock in Olin Park and uh, Mulna- in Junior F it's St. Lactans versus Mulnavat Sunday the 9th the 10th of the 9th at 4 o'clock in UPMC in Olin Park and there's some under under 19 finals as well coming up James Stevens and the Borough Young Ireland's and St Martins Greg Namana and Glenn Moore the Locks are playing Fenians on this Thursday night and the winner of that plays the Emeralds in the county final so uh, that's about all of those games those games are coming up pretty soon and we'll be covering those as well we'll redo it all tomorrow night on the TC Towers World of Gaelic Games and we'll talk a bit about where everybody's positioned in the table because next Sunday is a mammoth session with uh, next Saturday I should say with the six uh, senior games and then Sunday is the chance of the six intermediate games and of course there's important junior matches in as well a lot to be done there so my thanks to Barry for dropping in this evening appreciate that very much and all who helped us uh, with the reports this evening comprehensive as usual until we talk again Slán agus Tommy Dowd coming up next